0: It's time for the Mac Geek Gab and uh, listener also my son Mac brings us our quick tip of the week with lift subject from background. Now you all know about this from iOS that if you have a photo and you press the uh, on the picture of a dog or a person and hold it press and hold an outline will go around that person that subject and you can lift that subject out of the background. Great, easy to do, share it, put it into other apps. Well, my son figured out, do it with a picture of a document and you can lift it out of photos and drop it into notes. More quick tips like this, plus your questions answered today on the Mac Geek Gab number 1002 for Monday, October 2nd, 2023.
1: Welcome to Gab, the show where you send in tips just like that. You send in your questions, which we try to answer. You send in your cool stuff found, which we also share. We pull it all together into an agenda. We try to organize it thematically and in an interesting way so that we are certain to each learn at least five new things every single time we get together. We have, as a sponsor for this episode, FastMail.com slash MGG. That's where you can go to get 10% off your first year with FastMail. We'll talk more in depth about that in a little bit. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton.
0: And here in Lee, New Hampshire, I think after nine days around the world, it's Pilot Pete. Good to be back home.
1: It's nice having you back home. Yeah, yeah. you sound good. You're yeah. breathing into the mic a little bit. So actually I just sent you a text oh, yeah. about that, but Sorry, I figured folks. I'd I figured I'd acknowledge it since I'm sure I'm, I'm not excited the I'm to one. be
0: here, Dave. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay, I'll try not to do that.
1: <laughs> good stuff. Mm. Uh yeah. yeah. No, it's uh it's good to uh it's good to be back. It's good to ha- it's good to have you back. I I'm here still. Um, yeah. we have another quick tip on stickers but the, the, the first thing I want to do is highlight that this coming Sunday, so the episode is going to release on October 2nd, uh, that means the coming Sunday, I believe, is October 8th, if I'm doing the math correctly, at 7 p.m. Eastern, so later than we have done our Hangouts in the past, we are doing our next Hangout. Now, these Hangouts are just really for all of us all to get together and talk. We do them on Zoom. Uh, I put the link in, we'll send out a, a mailer so you can sign up for the mailing list at com If you want to get on the mailer for that, we will also put the link in our discord channel at com slash discord. And the link is already in our calendar at com slash calendar. So you can sub- subscribe in any of those ways. I just can't put the link on social media because <laughs> then we attract all the script kitties. That's bad. Uh, I, just cause they, 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 aren't us. You know, they don't, they don't hang the way we like to hang. So we will have this hangout at seven o'clock for, you know, seven o'clock Eastern Daylight Time on uh, Sunday, the the 8th. We will uh, we will. It's for everyone to talk. It's not a one to many. uh, It is a many to many conversation. And uh, we have found that it is helpful, although certainly not necessary, to have a topic that we announce ahead of time so that we can all bring something to talk about, though, really. Wherever the tangents evolve during the conversation is always totally fine. So this one, let's talk about email clients and email service providers. This is something that comes up often um, with the changes to macOS Sonoma, that sort of render a bunch of the plugins that used to exist for mac os mail uh, now no longer exist or some of them are evolving into extensions and some of them are evolving into their own apps and there's just lots of email apps and we all do do things differently so i think that's a good conversation to have i I can't take credit for the idea listener chris came up with that and so uh I i love the ideas it's great so thank you and uh yeah we'll see you there and hopefully, hopefully
0: lots of us can make it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just hang. I don't think I can make it. I think I'm right. going to be on an airplane to London that night. Oh, that uh, All right. Well, we will yeah. schedule
1: the next one at a time that helps you, that, that works for you. Yeah. I had to do this yeah. one. October is such yeah. a crazy month for my schedule with this theater show I'm doing and Halloween. Yeah, I get it. With, so yeah. it was like, that's the one Sunday in October where it actually is going to work. And so we're doing it. Like, it's just there must go. go. Yeah. So we'll do this one and then we'll do another one, you know, sometime November, early December. And we'll uh, we'll coordinate a little better. I do, as promised, have another tip about uh, those fun little things that you remove from the background. You can turn them into stickers. Todd says, I've been playing with creating stickers in iOS 17. If you have an image app and can drop an image or logo onto a white background, iOS 17 does a real nice job of then creating a sticker from that image. Additionally, I have been importing these JPEGs into a new album I created in photos called Stickers. I've also been placing photos that might make a good sticker in that album. Makes it easy to find them in one location when you go to create a sticker on your phone. Ah, right. So he is not putting stickers in the album. He is putting photos that easily turn into stickers so that he can just grab them from the background whenever he wants and pop them in as a sticker into messages or or whatever. So it,
0: it's, that's uh, slick.
1: Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Fun. I like it. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's that one. We're supposed to do more now, right? We, we the, yes. Show's, yes, the show's we are. not think, over. Uh, okay, uh, great. No,
0: uh, uh, I, I don't hear the band, so uh, right. get, get on to. Uh, J.T. Ray.
1: (laughs) J.T. Ray says, uh, my watch now running watchOS 10 told me the other night that it was optimizing its charging. Uh, of course he says being ready for bed. I wasn't sure what it meant. Now my Apple watch ultra only charges to 80%, just like my new shiny iPhone 15 pro the best feature they have adopted from Android. I rarely use 50% of my battery on my watch. Now it just charges to the right spot and stops. And indeed, there is optimized charging, not just on the watch for some models. I believe uh, looking at the screenshots we have here, you're still breathing into the mic, Pete. So I'm just going to keep reminding you of that uh, is it is Apple Watch SE and then series six and later. So the uh, watch OS five or series five watch that I have is not that, but uh but yeah interesting yeah and and this is also this also exists on the iPhone 15 as well that I noticed with the uh, my iPhone 15 pro, but I know that it is there for all of them. as Apple said, there's a new so on the iPhones uh with iOS 16 and iOS 17, we've had the option to turn optimized battery charging on or off, right? But with the iPhone 15, we have one more option, and that is so we have no optimization. We have optimized battery charging, which is the old way of doing it, where it gets you to 80 percent overnight and then stops and then resumes charging from 80 to 100 at some point just before you wake up so that it's not just sitting at 100 all the time or for long periods of time, which Apple has determined is not optimal for uh battery longevity,
0: right. So, and oh, by the way, it surprises you when you have to get up for an early flight. You don't get your full charge. If yet, you're, full.
1: <laughs> you're at eighty percent, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, now what Apple has added to the iPhones 15 is a third option that get that they call the eighty percent limit. It gets you to eighty percent and stops. It doesn't go any farther, and. Again, this speaks to this idea, and clearly Apple um, has done enough research to support it that they're putting these features in, that a battery sitting at, for long periods of time, north of 80% is bad. If you get it to 100 and immediately start draining it, great. It, you know. But if you get it to 100 and just leave it there, that will reduce the overall life of the battery. And... This also supports the idea that this is true not just on our phones and our watches, but also on our laptops. Now, we're not seeing this 80% limit on our laptops. We are seeing optimized charging on some, but with an app like Aldente, you can set your own 80% limit. And perhaps now Aldente makes a whole lot more sense to many more of us, myself included seeing how apple's doing things on the phone so i'll right, put i'll put right. yet another link to Aldente in the uh in the thing but i am using it on my laptop and i'm absolutely using it on lisa's laptop which is now mostly sitting plugged in to an external screen and a keyboard so it is just it is basically a desktop mac that can be extracted from its its setup and does it and taken with ever it. go
0: above 80 percent
1: Yes. Apple says um, with the 80 percent limit enabled, your iPhone will occasionally charge to 100 percent to maintain accurate battery state of chargeness charge estimates. I don't know where I got chargeness from. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the, that is. a new word. Yeah. What is charged? word of the day? charge What is chargeness? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't
0: know. So, so, uh, well, that's why you heard the ding a second ago because I, I finally learned something here today. Finally on the <laughs> second, third tip. <laughs> and glad uh, to help. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, that was when I read though, yes I was confused going, well, optimization. Yeah. And that when it waits and charges, but it's not going past that. That's what I wasn't getting my head around. Yeah. So now that I grok that. That's pretty cool. I agree. So, yeah, yeah. So we've got a bit of, of a theme going on here, Dave, I, I would say, because uh, Aaron wrote in. Um, he said, my iPhone 12 battery was around 84% maximum capacity, and it okay. had very little battery life. After si- deciding I would hang on one more year, I went to the Apple store to change the battery. What I did not expect was that the phone magically became brand new fast. I mean, it was like a snappy new device, speeding through all the tasks, again, with iOS 17. I, he says, that I knew that Apple throttled the phones, but I didn't realize how much. Based on this, I would recommend a battery change if your battery's maximum capacity is in the mid-80% range, and you notice your phone is being slow. For $93, for a, a brand-new experience, it's worth it. Keep up the good work, Aaron. So... That's awesome. Uh that's so surprising. I didn't
1: thing. I didn't think that this that that I I knew that this would start to happen at some point. I didn't know that it would happen at 84%. Yeah,
0: I I didn't know that either and I think uh because I'm using my phone as on a camera, I can't see my maximum capacity on my 3-year-old iPhone 12 Pro Max. <laughs> but, right. <Yeah. laughs> um I'll be interested to see what just what exactly that is at and and go from there. I I did order the 15 this week while I was on the, the the 15 pro max while I was on the road this week. So I'm expecting that by now, by the end of October. So it seems like it's kind of a popular phone. Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah. Or at least more popular than Apple budgeted their factories to make. So,
0: yeah. yeah. So go buy your Apple stock now, folks, full disclosure. (laughs) I do own some Apple options, uh, buy as much and as fast as you can. That's my tip for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. Yeah, that's interesting. Pilot
0: Pete is not an attorney or a stock advisor. Consult your own advisor first. That's right. (laughs) Advice is meant for humorous purposes only. You may not sue Pilot Pete.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to take us to Bartender uh, because I I came up with some quick tips for Bartender this week. Love me some Bartender. Yeah, Bartender 15 is now out. Bartender is an app, if you don't know, that allows you to control what and where um, menu items appear in your menu bar, and you can choose to have some that don't appear in your menu bar uh, unless you, you know, you can create like alternate menu bars. Now, with Bartender 5, you can create uh, preset menu bars so that when certain conditions happen, it changes. So it changes to a different oh, menu bar. Nice. You can say, Yeah, if I'm connected to Wi Fi show me this menu bar if i'm on you know in this location or whatever so there's there's quite a few things one um one tip that i have you need um bartender 5 for macOS sonoma uh, i've got macOS sonoma running on my laptop right now and and so i've been testing all kinds of things with it of course you need it, you'd be, need bartender 5 to work right with macOS sonoma delete bartender 4 from the same Mac. I was having some weirdness going on and things got way better. Once you've done that, then make sure you go into bartender five into its preferences, general and reconfigure your menu bar spacing. One of the nice things that bartender lets you do is control how much space is between each of your items over the years. Apple has added more and more space by default and while that might be really nice on my twenty-seven inch screen here in the studio, it's not so great on my fifteen inch or thirteen inch laptop screen great. with a notch, yeah. right? Yeah. So you can—they have four different uh, spacing levels, starting with the widest being Apple's default, and you can get down to absolutely no spacing where your your menu bar is just all crammed together. And once you get used to that, I actually kind of like the the all crammed together. And of course, I can get lots of things in there before the notch.
0: Begins and an that's issue. almost a uh, a dual cool uh, cool yeah, stuff found in there too is. for bartender. Yeah, fair. Because I'll tell you, if you, folks, if you don't have bartender, I believe it's in. Uh, in fact, I'm sure it's in setup, it's in setup because that's yeah. where I have mine. Yeah. The I, I have more than thirty menu items, and. I, I couldn't survive without Bartender. <laughs> That's almost as important as uh, clean my Mac and, you know.
1: It, yeah. I, I Oh, I think it's more important. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's certainly one of my desert island utilities, right? Like yeah, if, you
0: cannot, I, you can't read your regular program menus if you cram all that stuff in your, all your menu items up to the top yeah. there without Bartender. Yeah. It just would be un
1: and evidently, I I called it bartender fifteen, but it it is bartender five is, is five. I, I thought you said I mean. yeah. Yeah, I think I said both. I, I was I was mixed. Okay. I was mixing and matching, Pete. I was just trying to keep everybody on their toes. You want to uh, you want to take us to Larry?
0: Oh, Larry. Larry, 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 where do I begin, Larry? I don't know what to tell you. Hello geeks, so yesterday after updating to iOS 17 and the day before switching out my new eSIM for a physical SIM card, iMessage is no longer working on my on my phone, assuming it's iPhone. All of my iPhone friends' t- text messages are in green and I can't send pictures to them either. Yesterday I called Apple and they said iMessage could take 24 hours to connect. Could this be true? I've never heard of this.
1: But so, sure enough, it, it worked out, right? It is right?
0: true. It's yeah. true. It's true. It's to quote the great Madeline Kahn in uh, uh, Young Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankenstein, it's true. I believe. Yes. Frankenstein. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um or maybe that was blazing saddles, but uh, but I'm going to keep us out of trouble. It turns out, yes, Apple says it can take up to 24 hours. They're not getting around this time. Always oh, like that, you know. Oh, we're going to send you an email. It could take up to 24 hours for it to get there. Yeah, and, you know, it's already sitting on my on my screen. Right, uh, this right. This time they're right. they're serious. Yeah,
1: so, yeah. It's it's fascinating. And um, another thing, Dan wrote in as well about this. And once connected to iMessage on his new phone. He was he noticed he's like, look, you know, I've I've synced everything to iMessage in the cloud or whatever they call it messages in the cloud, right. I guess. And he's like, but I looked and I have I only have messages going back to July. What gives? And I didn't see his email for a few days because I don't necessarily check the Mac Geekab email box every single day. And it had been a few days. And I said, um, I, I think in the past I've seen this, too check again would you i think it's gonna it sometimes takes a lot of time to sync down you know gigabytes and gigabytes of of your message history and sure enough he was like oh yep he's like it's all there now it's like so yeah patience is the
0: uh yeah but yeah. there's still something weird going on with buying because for instance that quick tip we opened the show with yeah i read on my work ipad okay that's where it came in yep And I presume, I can't check it on my phone right now, but I went to get the exact verbiage before the show so I could do it out of messages on my laptop, and guess what ain't there? Really? Yeah. And I've noticed that with a couple other text strings, that I'm not getting it perfectly synced betwixt all devices. So, something's still... Interesting. Hinky.
1: Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. Huh. So... Oh, huh.
0: like, all
1: right.
0: You know. Yeah. So I've got more work to do. I think is what it boils down.
1: Yeah, to yeah. Sinking, sinking's hard. I I know we all take it for granted these days, but it's not. It's not easy. Um, in the process of upgrading to my new iPhone 15 Pro, I am a mint mobile customer as which won't come as a great surprise to anybody who's been listening for a while mint did not auto transfer my e-sim over. I just had to re I had to launch the mint app on my new phone and uh, just tell it to install a, a quote unquote new eSIM on my 15 pro. And it did that. And then everything was fine as a force of habit, simply because I've been traveling enough internationally over the last year and a half where I, uh, do this as a matter of course, when I get a new e-SIM for travel, I did this with my e-SIM. I went in to settings, cellular and looked at the settings for my cellular plan and noticed that my uh, low data mode, which I leave on all the time on my mint plan had been turned off because presumably because it was a new SIM, but I don't know. It might have also been turned off if you migrated even a SIM, you know, for a different carrier over. So, The tip is just go check low data mode on your new iPhone if and when you get one just to make sure that it is set the way you want it to be set. And the same would be true for the 5G modes because you can have it, you know, use more battery or less battery and, you know, all that stuff. So just go check all your cellular settings on a new phone, even even and perhaps especially if you did migration from one phone to another and just presume everything to be the same. It might not be.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. And here's one that's going to tick people off. Okay. You've got it. It's your next one. Oh, because it, it, that functionality has been there the whole time and they just haven't ever turned it on.
1: I know. So Here it comes it, the, uh, with TVOS 17, which I had to manually install on my Apple TV this morning. <laughs> it's we're recording this on Friday, the 29th. It's been out all week, uh, you know, more than a week. So I, I had to go and manually do it, whatever. Um, you now have the ability, if you have the Siri remote second gen or later, your iPhone can use a find my like functionality to locate that remote. It doesn't have the ultra wide band, so you're not going to get super directional stuff, but you will get the hotter, colder thing that, that you used to be able to get, you know, with the, the non ultra wide band find my devices and it, it works. But here's the thing: I upgraded to iOS or to TVOS 17. I already had iOS 17. You need both. Mm-hmm. Upgraded TVOS 17, and it, the way you find this is you don't use the Find My app, oh. right? <clears throat> you launch the Remote app on your phone, which you can either do by launching okay. the app called Remote, or if you have it in Control Center still, which it's there by default. You can go into control center and tap the little icon that looks like your iPhone, like your Apple TV remote remote. Yeah. Yeah. And then it launches the remote app where you find this is there's a drop down at the top where you pick which of your Apple TVs or other devices you're going to use the remote with. And it's it's weird that I have other devices showing up in there, but I do. Next to the compatible devices in that list is where you will see a find icon for or a find button for the remote but mine wasn't there right away i waited probably 10 minutes messing around with the tv making sure everybody was on you know tv US 17 ios no, you 17 were holding
0: your tongue right dave
1: no then i turned it <laughs> off i turned the apple tv oh, off with the okay. remote and put it aside and did a couple other things and was like all right i gotta go over to the office now because we're getting close to record time or whatever and I thought, well, let me try it one more time. And I launched the remote app on my phone. And not only was it there in the list, there was a little uh, notification sort of overlay, b- pop up bubble in the app, teaching me that this feature was now there. So, but you don't use mm. Find My to find it. In fact, I should confirm that we that it doesn't also show up in Find My. So oh, I'm there little, you
0: go. While I, you're doing that, let me ask you this question: It's which not there. I th- yeah. To which I think I know the answer. Yeah. It won't play a sound on the remote
1: no it's no. not like the remote no has speaker. an air tag in it yeah. it's it, it it's probably it's using similar. the bluetooth of the remote like i don't yeah. think it's it's as air taggy as we would want it to be because yeah i yeah. would like the remote to be able to like make a sound so i can dig in my couch yeah. cushions and find it that's you know that's where we're gonna that's where we're gonna that's where the value is apple All right, I am happy to bring FastMail back on as a sponsor for Geek because FastMail is my email provider of choice. It is the one I've been using for, gosh, I think at least four years, maybe longer. FastMail really is the email provider that puts your privacy first. And for over 20 years, they've been a leader in email privacy, right? It's ad-free, there's no tracking. It's not just email. You can use FastMail for your calendar and your contacts. They have their own iOS app, right, where you can do all this stuff. But FastMail also integrates perfectly with the Apple Mail app on my iPhone and on my Mac and on my iPad, of course. FastMail's got some great productivity features, too. Uh, One of the ones that I really like is masked email, right, where you can hide your real addresses and you get better security for your logins and things like that. They've got things like snooze and scheduled send, custom rules, right? FastMail is super easy to use. And they are also super complex if you want them to be. They're super technically savvy. I mentioned recently on the show how I've been actively managing my spam. Well, I've been doing that in FastMail's web interface. Their web interface is fantastic. And I find it a great place to go every few days and just sift through my spam. You can use your own domains to make custom email addresses if you want. And switching providers to Fastmail is, I couldn't imagine it being any easier. When I moved over, I literally just logged Fastmail into my Gmail and it slurped everything over. I didn't have to do a thing other than tell it go. And I literally went to sleep and woke up and it was like, oh yeah, we, we're, all, we're all set. Everything's done. You're going to love it. To learn more about Fastmail, visit Fastmail.com slash MGG for 10% off your first year. And then you can follow them on Facebook, Twitter slash X, Mastodon and LinkedIn. And our sincere thanks to Fastmail for sponsoring this episode. While we've got you here, I've got a great podcast recommendation for you. When it comes to Apple, the folks at Twit know what they're talking about. Leo Laporte, the founder of Twit.tv, bought his first Mac almost 40 years ago in 1984 and has been an Apple lover ever since. That's probably why they have three, not one, not two, but three Apple podcasts on the Twit Podcast Network. The oldest, of course, is Mac Break Weekly, started almost 20 years ago. Alex Lindsay, Andy Anatko, Jason Snell, and Leo talk about the latest Apple news. They are Apple fans, but not Apple fanboys. They call it as they see it. And sometimes they're even a little hard on Apple. They also do a show called iOS Today with Micah Sargent and Rosemary Orchard. If you're into iPads, iPhones, Apple Watches or Apple TV, you'll love iOS Today. And then, of course, there's Hands on Mac. Inside tips from Micah Sargent on getting the most out of your Apple devices every single week. Expert analysis, helpful advice, and entertaining discussions. Go to twit.tv slash Apple to find your next favorite Apple podcast. And our thanks to Leo, Micah, and the team for doing this swap with us.
0: Okay. So that uh, brings us to uh, our time to go to questions and tips shared. Jeepster writes in and asks for some thoughts. He says, I'm trying to get more, my notes organized. I have around 200 notes with information about home, car, motorcycle, computer, et cetera, and so forth. Right now, they're all in the default folder and I use search to find what I'm looking for, which works okay. I was thinking of using folders to organize the notes, moving them from the notes folder, to one of several new folders, which I'll create. I see I can create a smart folder and then assign tags to the notes and this will keep all the notes in the notes folder, but I can also find them in their respective smart folders. Any opinions as to whether to move notes into folders or use tags and use smart folders? I'm leaning towards smart folders, but I thought I would ask so that I don't get caught. Dave, I've got a quick note on this myself, a quick opinion, which is use the smart folders. That's great. But be be aware you can't nest a smart folder within a smart folder. And I think you can put folders within folders. Um, if, if you want really want to get granular, but you can't do it with smart folders.
1: Yeah. I, I, um, right. I listener Ben commented on this, this, this came up from Jeepster in our discord and, um, he, you know, he, he had said you can kind of use any of the three and it's similar to how it works on the finder. Brian8944 said, I've been using folders, but have recently moved to tags and have found it easier to quickly add a tag at the end of my note, allowing me to retrieve the information later. This was an interesting discussion for me because I have never successfully used tags with anything. So certainly when I started with notes and even with Evernote and Yojimbo prior to that, I think they all supported tags at some point in in their evolution. Yeah. And I never, I never even tried it because every experience I've had using tags, I have failed with. I don't mean to say that tags are bad; it's just incompatible with, has been incompatible with my brain. Really tried it in Mail, and that's where it was like, yeah, no. But um, it so with so with Notes, which is where I've standardized a lot of my life. I've been using folders, but I'm finding that I'm creating a note and forgetting where to file it or forgetting to file it or you know the idea of with mail i don't create the emails that i file right Right. somebody else creates them and sends them to me so i am already in triage mode my first interaction with a piece of mail i'm in triage mode right i mean I'm, i'm also in processing mode yeah but but it's it you know it's it's I'm going to do something with this and it's all starting from the same spot. I'm interacting with it with notes. It's the opposite. I'm creating the note by and large. I mean, I have some shared notes with people, but you know, in general, I'm creating the note, which means I have an idea. I just want to start creating the note. I don't want to stop and pause and say, wait, I'm about to create a note. Where should I file this and then go into that folder and create a new note? What that means is I am creating notes in the all iCloud folder, right? That's where everything starts. And then I have to remember to go back and file it after I've created it. You know, I've got this inspiration, so Mm -hmm. I just go. And I think for that reason, I'm tempted to give tags another shot because tags are something that I can add while I'm editing the note, not when I'm finished editing the note. Does that make sense? Yes.
0: Yeah, it does. In fact, I um I would say that I'm also a a tag cripple. Yeah. Uh, I'm tag challenged tag as challenged. it were. Yeah. Um, but but I uh I have found that in notes I have several smart folders that I use to in order to arrange, you know, who are potential guests on my show, uh, who yeah. has been on the show, that sort of thing. And and that's that's worked well for me so far. I've used smart folders with some success. I'm, I'm not 100%, not perfect yet, Yeah. but the, the more I do it, the better I get at it. And I've also found, so the, the way to do it is to hashtag and then the note. And then I find that notes offers to auto-complete the note for me. So I can select, it'll pull up a drop down, oh, and then, yeah. and then I can just use the arrow key and go, yeah, I want the second one.
1: So I have, I'm curious about something here because this, I, okay. this makes sense to me. And it's something that I think I'm already interacting with the keyboard, whether it's on my Mac or on my phone, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm typing a note. So chances are I'm typing and therefore doing the, you know, tagging the, the, uh, the, 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 the tags. Uh, mm-hmm. makes sense. Like I don't have to get into a different mode like I would to file the note in a manual folder. So I right. like all of this, um, where I'm curious is if I've got a shared note with someone, let's say I want to take this shared note that Lisa and I are using and tag it with family, y- you know, something just so right. I know where to find it later. Does that tag it for her, too, is the question. And I and I realize I can find out this answer. I'm just thinking about it yeah, live while we're talking about it I think it
0: does, because you're typing it into the note. And it, it looks to me, it, it turns yellow by default in mine, which looks like a link.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So, so it appears to me to be, you know, data within the note. And then then notes looks at it and goes oh i've got a hashtag here what do i have what any I, instructions to do something with it what do i do oh, with yeah. it
1: yeah okay yeah. so i have a question for you now um i took jeepster's note that you and i share in notes okay and right. i added at the very end of it i added the you know uh, pound Not sign sure. hashtag mgg uh can you check in notes and see if that sank yes, is all it's the, there it's there okay all right, so it does do that. So, I would need to inform the people with whom I share notes and there aren't many. There's a handful. It's my family yeah. and and you. So, I would need to inform people if you see a a thing out there, live with it. But now I'm imposing my tagging on other people.
0: And that, yeah, but here's the beauty of it is you could put you know, as as we answer, we could even put it into the script. Oh. current show and then yeah. boom, it would drop into the current show. I don't, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it automatic. I don't know, it seems like it would automatically go there for you. Yeah. Um, but the problem is then you have to remove that tag or put a second tag in after it's read to get it out of the smart folder current show. I yeah. Don't as know. I'm thinking, <laughs> as
1: no, as I'm thinking about this, I think for what yeah. you and I do with, with Mac geek, having shared it like entire folders that are shared. Right. Is the right path but yeah. it for like all the other stuff that i do for me and maybe it's that my shared notes are just my shared notes and i don't worry about tagging those and that's going to be okay i don't know yeah right i i uh, yeah i let us know feedback at MacGeekGub.com. i'm really curious how you folks are using notes it, it it's a powerful wh- app and I, and i think we can all learn from each other and maybe that's one of those things that's a good topic for one of our Hangouts someday, too. That's but, where I'd
0: send it to, feedback at MacGeekGap.com.
1: No, I meant feedback at MacGeekGap.com,
0: Pete, oh, okay. not the thing you said. Whatever right. that was. Well, be sure to put a tag in there so that we uh, can see what to do with it when you send it to us. <laughs> <laughs> You want to take us to so, Allison, Pete? Um, I, I do, but if you, you know what? I'd yep. like to do, since we were talking, you talked about mail, I'd like to call, call a quick audible and bring yep. up Bill and go. junk mail falters, folders I like and it. then go to Allison if you cool with that. I'm yeah. very cool All with right. that. Yep. All right. So so uh, Bill wrote in, uh, Hi, guys. When I'm trying to train my Apple email junk folder, does it matter what the device I use to move it on? <laughs> New lips. Sorry. <laughs> When trying for you to train to my Apple email junk filter, does it matter the device I use to move an email to or from the junk folder? I'm wondering if I move emails from to and from the junk folder on one device, does training apply to the other other devices and my iCloud account?
1: It does. Yes, it, it, it oh. very very much so. Um iCloud is trained when something is moved in or out of the junk mailbox out from junk to the inbox specifically. Um, it doesn't matter which device does the moving. It's all synced. You can do it on your Mac. You can do it on your iPhone, your I- iPad, and you can even do it on iCloud as well, you know, on the, in the web interface. Uh,
0: so, so it's almost like when you move something in or out of junk mail, that Apple silently in the background tags it somehow. Oh, I see
1: what you did there, Pete. Thanks for that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's ex- Tag, you're it. That's exactly it. Now I will say that Apple, like a lot of the big email providers, Apple uses, Apple seems to prioritize their sort of um, meta heuristics for what, is and isn't junk over your individual preferences as to what is and isn't junk. It does honor both, but I believe that if I take something like if, if the email I'm getting from you, let's say I'm, I'm subscribed to the mailing list for your podcast, right? Pete that, you know, right. I don't, I don't even, do you have one? If you don't, you should not you should. yet. Okay, well go ahead and make one because Pete's show. Okay. So there I was, it's great. So let's say I'm subscribed to the, the upcoming email list of, so there I was and it, Uh, it, all of those are just going to junk. I, you know, I move those out of junk to my inbox because I want to make sure I hear from Pete and fig, repeat and Fig, Sorry. Your pilot Pete here, you repeat there. I don't like It's crazy. What'd you say? Uh, I'm sorry. What? Huh? (laughs) Um, and so I want to make sure I get this. If Apple's mail filters were strongly of the opinion that that was junk, my experience with, and my family's experience more, more specifically with Apple's training, Is that it will take quite some time for it to learn that for you, this is not junk. And I say this to contrast it to my experience with FastMail, where once I started properly training their filters, and I should say that I went years with FastMail, completely ignoring any attempts at training their filters. And that is not such a good idea. So I had them reset my trainings so that i could actually start over and do it the right way and i did that about a year ago and it's been great ever since but if i were to move that out of junk it would more often than not that's all it takes it it, it definitely gives my preferences a heavier priority than than say apples does but it does work you just need to be persistent about it i find managing junk Certainly with FastMail and even iCloud, I find managing it on the web interface really a great way to do it. I put a note in my, a a, a recurring to-do in my calendar for every two days, and I just go in and it takes me all of about 40 seconds to scan through everything that's in my junk folder. I sort it by um, sender name so that when I get a bunch from the same sender.
0: That's a great idea. Hang on. Sorting by date.
1: Sorting by date is not it either oh, either sort, sort. By
0: sender because then you see you've got, Correct. you got you don't want that sender at all boom they're all gone
1: yeah i and yeah. and what i do is i sort and or sort by sender or sort by subject there are i okay. find if i'm doing it when i used to only do it once every couple of weeks or once every month i found sorting by subject to be the most efficient way to go through it but i was throwing out a lot of babies in that bathwater doing it only you know every couple okay. of weeks or every month now that i do it every two days i sort by sender and it works out great takes me very little time and i can stay right up on it and it's super easy but yeah sort by sender and then i just scroll through and the only thing i do is you know mark messages that aren't junk and the rest i you know i so i mark the ones that aren't junk yeah. i say move those to my inbox and then the rest i just delete and they're gone yeah. and that's the end of it
0: Oh, so. that's a great! It never occurred to me though to do it by sender. I've always yeah. just done it by because everything else is done by date. Correct. Yeah, date is date
1: date's the worst yeah, way to, to do it because you're y- there's just no flow for my eyes to follow.
0: Well, yeah, because by you know spam by its very nature, those same spammers keep sending you the same crap over and over, and over and over again. again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, and right. I I sort I I have um I use a a service called SaneBox um mm-hmm. that truly keeps me sane uh it's not I mean it's not terribly expensive it's not cheap I don't know it's a it's a couple hundred using bucks a that year a couple of
0: weeks now as I recall
1: oh I've been using this for about, <laughs> about a decade yeah at and least yeah
0: it I I have it
1: uh, set so that when things that are newsletters come in they go into they are auto filtered into a box that is newsletters. And other things, too. But my newsletters box specifically, I also go through on an every other day basis. And you might find this as not surprising at all. It's the opposite days from when I do my spam. So I'm only doing one or the other uh, every other day. Uh. And when I sort my newsletters, I absolutely do that by sender uh, because then it it makes it's way better than trying to do that by date, too. So, yeah. Yeah, think and like play with this stuff. Find what works for your system and your brain, and you'll, yeah, you'll get there.
0: And when you stumble across something so simple that you want to go, seriously, how did I not think of this before? Send it to us. Things like, you know, Sort by sender. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, that's it. When you th- this is the best litmus test and the best sort of m- mnemonic, right, for yeah. remembering or noticing what would be a great thing to share with the with the fam, the Cap family. Here is exactly what you said. Those moments where you're like, "I oh, God, I can't believe I ever did this before. This is so yeah. obvious and amazing." That's the thing that makes us ring the bell. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. So. We got to go back in time a little bit, Dave, because this one's been sitting in the box for a few weeks, of weeks now. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. But uh, new listener Allison wrote in and said, uh, "I got distracted and didn't per- circle back to." Oh, that was me. This uh, <laughs> is hi, Dave. When y'all were talking about Pete's Synology router and disabling the admin account, you said very quickly, "quote and change your password often." Unquote. You Probably don't know this, but back in 2016, Lori Cranor, chief technologist at the Federal Trade Commission, wrote a report about studies that have proven that if you force people to change their passwords often, they make less secure passwords. And then she had a, a link in there. I got to go find it. I know no, I already got it, it's in the show notes. Yeah. Yep. So I, I wrote her a response, but the, th- there's this is a whole discussion thing. If you get lost in the woods and know that you you are lost and yeah. you know people are searching for you the thing to do is sit still so people can find you and i assume that that's why they say that about passwords leave your password alone you're sitting still in the woods and someone's going to stumble across it sure that's, always, why they, that's why they advise to change
1: passwords right, right. yeah right. that makes sense
0: and, sure right and so by the same token i've always thought what's to prevent you from changing your password to their next guess? I mean, yeah. If it's an if it's a very secure password, you know, and with things like uh, uh, some people still using LastPass, I suppose, but one password. um, What's the iCloud uh, Keychain?
1: I mean, there's there's the one built into our Macs now. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Using those, highly encouraging to use very secure passwords. And if you're not using very secure passwords shame on you bad things are going to happen it's not
1: and i and i think that's the point allison's trying to make and it's a it's a good point is that if you're having people who are changing their passwords routinely are more
0: the monkey one and monkey two uh, yeah they're more apt to be like
1: forget it i can't i I can't keep going and generating a new one it's just going to be monkey one you got it that's right yeah exactly and or monkey one exclamation point does that work yep okay great now i'm yeah. done and then you, you're using one of the five passwords that you know you you keep in your head all the time so yeah this i, I, now think, I gotta
0: change my password
1: i know same. Just started, Dave. Like, i mean <laughs> how, how did how did how did you know that i used to have a cat named monk um but uh we did we had a cat named monk uh and we called him monkey and i i guarantee you i made some passwords with uh with with his name uh and i probably still have some of them but, <laughs> but and now you've got me thinking
0: but but you've disabled the admin account so now you correct. need two things I, the username fact, and I the
1: password i guarantee you the admin login f- password for my synology was some flavor of of that cat's name guaranteed <laughs> i i i know what it was it, there's no yeah. this is not a guess um but it's disabled so it doesn't matter but um the, uh, the issue would be if you are – if your password f- is somehow compromised, and I think that's the flip side of this argument, is by changing them often, if you have accidentally written or intentionally written your password somewhere, that got out into the wild, changing it often go. prevents that, right? It pre- right? Changing it often does not prevent the random hackers from getting in. They are just going to try random things And it doesn't matter whether you're changing it or not. To your point, it's the if you've shared it intentionally or accidentally by changing it often, you are sort of limiting the amount of people that that would have access to the current password. And and both of these schools of thought make sense. But the practical the practical result of forcing people to change their passwords regularly is exactly what Allison and, it, exactly. and Laura Craner pointed out. Yeah.
0: But the other thing you should never do. <laughs> yes, sir. And I think you'll agree with me on this, Dave, is have mm-hmm. the same password for multiple different logins, accounts. Oh, great.
1: You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah my Synology know. admin passwords on all my Synologies were exactly the same for a long time. Yeah. Long time. And, and the same five-character login name called ADMIN, right? Like right. It, it, this was super insecure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two-factor authentication now exists on my synologies because,
0: gosh, it would be a you know. I need to do out. that. I don't think I've done that yet. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I yeah. Two FA is is huge.
1: That's just. I, Yep i i I agree. I, yep <laughs> i I was talking to, um, two people very close to me. I don't want to out my wife and son, so I won't uh, okay. acknowledge that it was them. Talking about two-factor authentication, they, they were having a conversation about two-factor authentication, and at least one of them was like, oh, yeah, anytime something tries to turn that on for me, I turn it off immediately. It's such a pain in the neck to log in. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So their names rhyme with Mook and Mesa, but That's correct. That, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a show with uh, Robin Williams, wasn't it? Um, yeah. There you go. Shall we go to William?
0: We shall, we shall.
1: Are, are, Am I are, reading I, William? Oh, no, I'm going to read William. Okay, That's right. There. Yeah, you're totally right. I'm sorry. I'm no, back with no. you. I was gone I, for
0: a while. I'm back now.
1: I, I'm <laughs> same. Yep, we're here. We're both here. Yeah. I'm going to read William. William says, I've been looking, now that I'm moving into this more USB-C world, but still have some USB-A in my mm. life, I've been looking for a decent cable that has USB-A, USB-C, lightning, in a multi-ended way so that I can mix and match and be sure to be able to plug into whatever I want. I see plenty of USB-C ones or plenty with AC micro and lightning, but I want one approximately two meters long and I want uh USB-A to power uh, with, you know, C and lightning on the other end. And man, if, if, if the folks at rolling square could hear you ask for this, they would be so happy Because they're in-charge cables, I-N-C-H-R-G-E. Cables are exactly what you're looking for. They have them in all different lengths. The ends of them are so intelligently designed. They are USB-C to USB-C cables at their core. And what that means is when you are using c to c you get to take advantage of things like data transfer if you want, or um, I think they do data transfer. They definitely do. A uh, hundred watts of power because they can do full power delivery because the USB-C is the native part of the cable, and then one end has a Lightning connector that is built into the jack that you can just snap on or off as you like. The other end has a USB-A connector <clears throat> on the you know that you can snap on or off as you like, and that and the best part I didn't even know this until one of you pointed it out to me about a year ago that the Lightning connector is also a micro USB connector. It's it like when you look at the end of it, it's like, oh, wow, how did they do that? It's amazing. It looks like a lightning connector, it also looks like a micro USB connector. So you can have
0: depending C- whether you're looking at it end on or yeah, by the side. Exactly. Oh, okay. It's
1: cool. C to C, C to A, C to Lightning, or A to Lightning. Or lightning to you can, and you can do, you know, lightning to C with this. You can, I mean, it's all mix and match, every combination. You just can't do A to A with it or lightning to lightning. That's really the only thing you can't do with yeah. it. And I know that when we migrated to phones in the past, we might have wanted a lightning to lightning cable, but right. we don't need that anymore. Nice.
0: So, are, is, good shape. are these the folks that we ran into at CES? They are the folks yeah. we ran into at CES. Okay. Yeah, That's a great, I've got the little, I don't know, it may be four inches long cable. With with the multi heads yeah, like I, that, I, I still have that longer one. one.
1: I, they sent me a long, They sent me two longer ones, and the aforementioned, the afore not mentioned people, um, M- M- Misa and Mukus, uh acquired them. Snag one, did they? Right before, <laughs> like. They didn't make it off the kitchen counter, Pete. They were like, Oh my gosh, this would be I need this. Can I please? I'm like, yep. Okay, sure. So I don't have a long one. I, I yeah. still I just have the little short one, but it's it 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 serves its purpose when I need it. I probably am gonna pick up an, another long one to use as my sort of default cable now. So
0: yeah, in my right. default
1: travel cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. that is that is what you are looking for.
0: Those For are sure. great little, yeah, that, that's a great little cable with the small one that I have. What, yeah? My only feature request on that would be to have one end, have one like that where one end is a female and you could then multiply oh. mul- multiple. Well,
1: with USB-C, you know, pound, it doesn't but, matter.
0: Yeah. Right. There you go. Right. Never so more, never more. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. It's craziness. It's craziness, Pete. Um, I, I there's some cool stuff found that I definitely want to go through here. Um, And before I do that, I just want to take a minute to thank all of our premium subscribers whose contributions have come in in the past week here. Uh, As we say often, the premium program, you can learn about it at macgeekup.com slash premium. It is optional. It is for those of you who can and who wish to support us directly. It is certainly not mandatory. Listening to the show, sharing the show, sending in your questions, visiting our sponsors, all of that stuff helps immensely as well with that said i want to offer our thanks for this past week to uh 25 dollars from andrew in honolulu and Bryn in sun city and fernando and i don't know where you're from fernando and michael in omaha and thomas in garden grove and robbie in hendersonville and sharon in wesley chapel randy in westport curate in bloomfield hills Ed in Torrance, Doug in Richmond, Anthony in Bournemouth, Stephen in Linlithgow, oh I like saying that. Uh Wayne in Waipahu, Mark in New Palestine, they were all $25 in the last week, uh $10 in the last week from Jeff in Chesterton, James in Melville, Joseph and Marietta, Jonathan in Plainsboro, Paul in Lawrenceville, Gary in Babylon, Steven in Plainfield. I think I might've said Steven in Plainfield twice, John in Vienna, and then a $60 contribution from Steven in New York. So thank you to all of you for that. I couldn't possibly, we couldn't do the show without you. It's a, it's a blend, right? Our sponsors help immensely. You folks help immensely. It, it all really comes together in a wonderful way. And uh, can't
0: so maybe that was Stephen in plainfield and his other brother Stephen and plainfield. his other brother Stephen. that's that
1: might be true maybe they're, they're could, battling
0: each other there. that right. could happen there that but now so each and every one of those people has paid for the privilege of not having to share the show everybody else listening you must share the show it's state law i don't know what state you're in I don't but know it's state law well
1: it's a state of bliss pete from that, listening exactly. to the episode
0: bingo Uh, bingo make it so go out and share the show please please if you can't contribute financially that's cool that's totally fine sharing the show is even cooler be one of the cool kids be one of the cool kids we're all cool kids here it's really great yeah it's really great all right for nerds and geeks we're the cool ones
1: (laughs) wait i i agree I, i agree yep uh i want to speaking of cool things it is time to talk about some cool stuff found.
0: Oh, boy. Get you, put your locks on your wallets.
1: Um, some of this stuff is free. And <laughs> yeah. Some of it's not. Um, Go with that. Go with Steven that, Robles from Apple Insider created a super mute shortcut for the uh, action button. And so that in and of itself is a cool stuff found. And I've linked to this. It, uh, it will turn on. Um, if silent mode is on, it will turn it off. It will change the volume level. It's a great shortcut. And of course he has linked to it. So when run, it gets the current mute state and then toggles the mute and the device volume one way or another. So you can just hold that shortcut and, uh, and get a, um, uh, you know, get, get a response to it. I created and, and hand he used toolbox pro, which if I'm pretty sure we mentioned, I think it was just okay. last week here on uh, on on the show toolbox pro is the thing that if we haven't mentioned it my apologies it allows you to essentially uh it's got all sorts of extra things to do for um for with with shortcuts this is one of those uh things that that snail that development took over uh from um uh, from alex hay when he passed away and uh, thankfully, it it's, you know, it still lives. So it's just, it's a great shortcuts utility. You've got to go check it out. So that, that, you know, I was going to say, if you,
0: if you mentioned it last week, I wasn't listening, but the, I think we said mentioned that, it. You did mention it. Yeah. I think Either when, one when or two shows ago, yeah. when
1: Rose took, when Rose took over right. the development of it. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, it's the must have shortcuts utility. So I'm, I'm glad it, it remains in development. Steven used that to create it. I created a shortcut, Pete, that um, that allows you it allows me to turn tail scale on my iPhone on and off with a shortcut with my action button, because what would happen is I would be going to visit the Web page like I'd be in Safari going to visit the Web page of one of my local resources on my network when I'm not home and it wouldn't access it because I wasn't connected to my tailnet, and so then I would have to jump over and launch the tailscale app and click the connect button and then jump back to Safari and this happens to me quite a bit. So I now have a shortcut linked to my action button that connects tailscale for me. and uh, when it connects it, I don't want it to show a dialogue that it's connected because I'm interacting with the phone. like it's in a moment where I want to do something, and so I don't yeah. want a dialogue getting in my way. Uh, but I have it vibrate the phone when it turns it on, and then when the toggle turns it off, because it gets the state of tail scale and does something similar to Steven's thing. Uh it goes in the other direction and turns it off and then shows me a dialogue that it turned it off because if I'm turning it off, I'm okay with that. So oh,
0: yeah. sure that shortcut. I will.
1: I'll put that that's shortcut in the in the show notes here too. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. For sure. Yep. Yeah. While we're on the subject of shortcuts. Uh Sorab has one for us. And um I just I just swear that I need to get there. Um yeah. Sarab says, uh you might want to check out Jelly Cuts, which lets you write shortcuts as code instead of the UI drag and drop style. This seems like magic to me, and yet it exists and it works. It's called Jelly Cuts. You can write code. It is, you know, very co- codey, it, like the, the, so much simpler to do some of these things with code. And then it turns it into a shortcut for you.
0: David, you know, I write amazing code now, right? I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm chat aware. GPT. Yeah, that's right. Just saying. Yep.
1: <laughs> yep. I was, hey, I was using chat GPT yesterday to help me write some Apple scripts to, um, replay, to, to fill in some of the functionality gaps that i no longer have on my sonoma machine now that i can't use small cubes mail suite yeah. is i've i've started writing just some um you know i've i've got keyboard maestro triggering some apple scripts to do some various things in terms of how i like to file my mail and i even wrote one that will automatically cc the sent the from address if it's coming from feedback at macgeekgub.com or for our premium listeners, premium at macgeekgub.com. So when I'm sending an email, it auto CCs because we're using Small Cubes Mail Suite to do that now. It's not working exactly the way that I would want, but I'm close. I'm
0: close. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's actually, I don't remember if it was before the show or since the show started that you asked me if I was on Ventura or Sonoma. Yeah. And that's kind of the reason I'm still hanging on Ventura because I, I need to configure.
1: We got to yeah, we got to figure out a new workflow for ourselves because of Sonoma. Yeah. So yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's, um, but like all my filing of mail, because I I used um, Mail Acton, which was also part of Mail Suite to to file mail. So when I would you know read a message, I could triage it really quickly with just hitting Control whatever, and it moved it to where I wanted. That also goes away because Mail Suite in its entirety goes away. Keyboard Maestro uh and uh, some cute little scripting and I was able to re- fully replace that functionality it's totally fine so I've got a bunch of mail actions in keyboard maestro that are doing a lot not everything i need but a lot so, nice yeah you want to uh okay. you want to take us to andrew
0: I do because andrew told us about something really cool here it is folks strap in buckle in vpn on apple tv is here yep It's real and it's spectacular. So there hasn't been much coverage of this. Apple TV now accommodates VPN apps. I've tried it and it works and it's awesome. On the TV app store, there's about 10 VPN apps. None of the big players like Express, Nord, or Proton are there yet, but a few are. And there's a link in there about uh, an article who shows you who's in. He says, I downloaded VPN and set it up on a week's free trial. With just a few clicks, your Apple TV can appear to be anywhere in the world. One second, I'm in Amazon Prime Australia, my home country. The next minute, I'm in Prime USA. Last Thursday night, US, USA time... Friday morning in Australia, I wanted to watch Thursday night football, 49ers versus New York. And I turned, wow. Andrew, I was a fan of yours until you wanted to watch the Giants, but okay. all right. Just kidding. Pete, we're Patriots
1: fans here. We are in the minority, my friend.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We are indeed. Um, I I turned on the VPN, closed and reopened the Prime app, and it showed me the Niners match with HD and 5.1 surround. Awesome. That's the trick. You have to close the app and reopen it so Mm. it wakes up and works out that it's in a new location. You do this by double-clicking the TV button on the remote and flicking up to close the app. Um, it's amazing how you can travel 7,000 miles and Amazon doesn't notice the short time in which you so do. <laughs> okay, a few other things uh, from my time abroad. I made the Apple Store accounts for the USA and the UK. Uh, I have now added them as adding them in users on the Apple TV UI. So just go into settings. Now when I want an app from either country, I just effortlessly switch to that store, download the app and switch back to the Australia store. So yeah, I've downloaded PBS America, BBC iPlayer in the United Kingdom, and both apps work perfectly with live TV and recorded content. One more thing. So um, the VPNs
1: it- actually fool Apple's own app
0: store currently. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Wow. And that's, that's a good thing. Maybe we should cut this out of the show. Yeah, stage, that's right. So, right. Well,
1: the th- where I noticed it uh, was in our, in our Discord, both uh, Rod L. and Porthos John were having a conversation about how Tailscale is now available on Apple TV. And Porthos yes. John said he tested it by taking his Apple TV to work Okay. and connecting it to his tail net because the tail scale app yep. now exists on Apple TV. And he was able to see his home Plex library and connect to things directly and do all of that stuff. And nice. it can, it can be used as an exit node. So your Apple TV could now be your tail scale exit node because it's on all the time. So yeah, it's fascinating. At oh, least yeah. that's what I understand. I haven't, I haven't messed with Tailscale tail scale on the Apple TV yet. I'm, I, I will warn you that some of these VPNs that are available on the Apple TV are not the best tail scales. Fine. Obviously you're using that yeah. with your own stuff, but like pure VPN, they're not like I my, and I, I should, I should say I didn't do research right before this episode. My recollection of them the last time I researched them was that they're one of the VPNs that sells your, your usage data and all that stuff. So just be yeah. aware of be that. Aware. Right. You, you know, you so. may not care, and then that's fine. But well, just he was aware.
0: saying he did it as a trial just to yeah. see if he could yeah, get yeah. it working. So yeah, yeah. And he, he said, the other thing that's why this is a game changer is, is often the streamers have different licensing arrangements for movies, shows, different markets. Prime or Netflix Australia may not have, for example, all episodes of Breaking Bad, but Prime, Netflix, USA, Europe, yeah. or Japan might. So changing countries, I can get the content I might not otherwise or get ordinarily get with my existing subscription oh it's amazing. the only one that hasn't worked for me so far is paramount plus mm-hmm. i call this a game changer is with access to other countries i don't need to subscribe to as many streaming services to get what i want particularly either the offerings of pbs and bbc and i will also offer though that and i haven't tried it yet but when i wrote back to him i said here's where i'm going to be interested uh i had Directv stream for a okay. while Okay. And that one didn't seem to care where I was in the world. As long as I was VPN to the sure. United States, it would let me do it. YouTube TV wants out of my iPad, I want your geolocation, your GPS. Where are you?
1: Yeah, but that's Even true VPN, with a lot of yeah. the
0: other ones, Pete. Yeah. Direct TV stream doesn't seem to care. YouTube TV definitely does. So I'd right. be interested to see if I can
1: Your Apple VPN. TV doesn't have any geo. Data to share with
0: it though there you go yeah unless so
1: unless it's using your local IP address, which Apple always gets to see, like TVOS yeah. gets to see that. so in theory, they could use that and say yeah. this is the actual location if the app asks. Oh, so It'll... the question becomes, let me ask this, Dave.
0: yeah, I've got YouTube TV app on my Apple TV. Yes can I use tail scale and watch my Apple TV on my iPad? Is there a way to do that?
1: No, this isn't a remote yeah. access thing. Yeah. It's no, not remote it's, control. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's showing, this is where my Apple, t- it's telling the streaming services this is where I'm, my Apple TV is. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So that's, that's the problem. I mean, and uh, I've gotten around that mostly fine with, Channel channels DVR
1: absolutely yeah because that's great. happening locally yeah
0: yeah, yeah. except NBC Correct. NBC Sports CNBC and and several of the other NBC affiliated network affiliates yep. have removed themselves from TVE which is TV everywhere that's not
1: true I I, I oh. want to make sure we're we're saying okay. this correctly they,
0: they oh they have not removed themselves they have set up uh, the authentication. Such that TV channels DVR is not compatible. Correct with correct with it. Yeah. Correct. So so they aren't. Yeah. NBC hasn't said no. You can't use TV everywhere is not compatible with NBC, and therefore channels can't do it. So if you can find a way to get an M3U, then you could. Uh, if you could get an M3U url and put it into channels dvr it should in fact work with it um but i don't know so dave are you hearing me it looks like you have stopped completely i am um, i am, I am hearing you okay I, so i i can't hear you but i can see you but anyway so i i'll, I'll continue to vamp for just a little bit the, the point is is i several months ago lost nbc networks and affiliates using channels dvr I've tried a few M3U file URLs to try and get NBC in, and I've gotten some local ones, but they are only the ABC local, NBC local, that sort of thing. I'm not getting the network feed and the shows yep. that I want, so I, I don't yep. know the the. I haven't figured out the workaround. No, there, there, is, yeah,
1: there isn't yet. That's it's yeah. true.
0: It's true. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I want to take a minute. I want to I want to change gears and yeah. and talk about I've I've been testing a couple of things here that I want to compare and contrast for you. You know how important my uh second screen has become to me and I'm using them a lot when I travel. Everyone that I've set up with a second screen on their laptops for travel or even just in their offices wherever it is and and doesn't it's not limited to laptops, it's it's desktop people too. Every one of them has said, I don't know why I would need that. And it's it it that makes sense because without having it, you don't know what you're missing. And then once you have it, you can't live without it. And so I've been looking for what's the least expensive 15-inch portable screen that someone can get that's not going to be terrible on your eyes. And so by saying least expensive, we're already excluding 4K screens. Now, I will say, that for somewhere between 200 and 250 bucks you can get a 4K screen from KYY uh from Amazon and they're great that is you know to me that's it's weird to say that that's the gold standard but that that that's certainly the recommended um screen if you if you're going to use this a lot but for folks that are like I really only have about a 100 bucks to spend I don't want to spend 250 what do you recommend I started looking at some 1080p screens now both of these screens that I'm going to talk about here uh, will pass power from the screen through to your Mac. So all you need to do is plug a USB-C cable between your Mac and the screen, and the screen will power your Mac if it's being powered. Or if you don't have power anywhere, your Mac will power this screen. And, of course, you can power your Mac and have it power the screen. So it works in, an, in, an, in a vacuum, but it's also nice in my hotel room. I will set up one of these screens plug power into it, leave another USB-C cable dangling out of it. When I bring my Mac back, I just plug it in, and boom, now my Mac is connected to the screen and charging, and everybody's happy. I checked out two of these. One is the ViewSonic VA1655, which on Amazon goes for $112, $113 as of the moment that we're doing this. It's a 1080p screen. One of the things I really like about this is the stand on the back, sort of just kicks out from the back, so it's not taking up extra desk space with the stand. I really like that. The other one that I'm looking at here is the NOCN I N N O C N portable 15 inch N. uh, What's the model model of it? N1F Pro, 115 dollars. So two dollars more than the uh, than the ViewSonic one. I I've, I've tested both of these, the ViewSonic one. When I tested it, I was like, "Yep, okay, this is what you get for a 1080p screen." When I tested the NoCN one, I was like, "Am I sure this isn't a 4K screen?" And it's not. However,
0: wow. it $2. is <laughs> it is the
1: best of the 1080p screens that I have ever ever used. It's really super clear. The the It also has – the base is a little bit different. It folds sort of out of the back of it uh, in a different way, but it sits very solid on on the desk. Um, my only complaint about it is that it doesn't have a cover included with it. Oh, so okay. when you travel with it, you've got to be careful. What I often wind Definitely up doing –
0: in a padded backpack or
1: um, – I, I just yeah. – no, I don't even bother padding it. I just put it – if I'm going to put it in my suitcase and check the bag – I put it. I just put it inside a T-shirt. I just put a T-shirt yeah. over it, and that way it just doesn't get scratched. That's all I'm, yeah. you know, worried about is you know is some you know one of the 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 hooks on my luggage is going to scratch the thing or something. So I I just make sure that it's inside a T-shirt and I'm good to go. But yeah, for for 115 bucks, you can go directly to their website and buy it. I think for 99 on a of what do they what do they call it? They don't call it used. They call it a refurb. Refurb, right, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Those are the two. I will list them here, but yeah, the NoCN is definitely my pick of the two. The, the ViewSonic isn't bad. It's it's exactly what I would expect a 1080P screen to be. It's just the the NoCN for 114 is. is it's way interesting
0: better. you made the comment of, of Are you sure it's not 4K? Because yeah. my interest, my question to you was going to be before you stated that, and I guess I'll still ask it for yeah, not rhetorical purposes, but. Can, uh, on a 15 inch screen, can you tell the difference between 1080 and 4K? And, and clearly, you a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's and I don't know okay. why, because you're right. Like in theory, the pixel density shouldn't be that much different that you can tell. But right. whatever, whatever it is that leads a manufacturer to call something 1080p versus calling it 4K, and I don't mean to say that people are lying. I just I'm not an engineer yeah. of displays, so that's as far as i get to go with those comments is it th- there's definitely a visible difference between the two
0: um, so you're saying they're almost good as as good as the retina display day just you know um, to use technical terms yeah
1: well that's the thing is i'm using them sitting next to my right. my retina display right and yeah. so like yeah. that's the that's the the comparison because it's literally right there you know my Mac well, i guess i
0: was kind of being a smart aleck oh, okay. because is is the retina's display not a 4k um or is it 1080
1: it depends on which retina display we're talking about when you're on oh, your okay. phone it's not even close to 4k yeah, right when you're on, on a, a 5k iMac it's 5K. Your okay. MacBook Pro is going to be different than my, okay. um, than you know. Your 16-inch MacBook the- Pro is going to be different than my 13-inch Air. But Retina means a pixel density tight enough such that your you eyes don't see the pixels.
0: Pick right. the pixels out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which, which. What's funny is, go back and use a machine that's eight or nine years old. Oh and yeah. You're like. You're squinting. You're like, I can't seem to focus. My glasses are dirty. What's going on? Oh yeah. That's the way we used to look at computers every day.
1: Every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, exactly. didn't
0: even notice it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Those great big console, 25 inch, 480 (laughs) resolution screens.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yep. Amazing. So that's, that's those two things that I wanted to compare for us all. Um, I bet you got two more. I do have two more, Pete, because I'm and I'm I'm really excited about these two. I have, um, I, I have AirPods Pro. Um, uh, I like my AirPods Pro. They don't fit my ears as well as they do for some people, and so I, I, I that puts me in a position of looking for better, um, you know, better yeah uh, things that for my ears but that still have true wireless that still have and by true wireless I mean you know there's no wires coming from my ears that still will charge in the case that the case will charge on a cheap pad that can sync to multiple devices of mine with ease uh yeah. you know all of that stuff, and so i've been testing two of these uh sets of headphones. The JBL Tour Pro 2, which is 250 bucks on Amazon, and the Poly Voyager Free 60 Plus UC, uh, which is 295 on Amazon as of today. And both of these check all of those boxes. Uh, they also both check a very different box, oh, and okay. that is that their cases do something that Apple's cases do not do and their cases have touch screens on them Pete and no way yeah and the touch screens <laughs> can manipulate the uh the earbuds while they're in my ears right so not only do they show me the charge status and other yeah. things on them and of course the folks at, at JBL's PR uh, team put my Mac Geekab logo on the set that they sent me to test out so that you know I would uh I would I would be impressed with that out of the box experience. They, they must
0: is, have lost mine in the mail, I'm that's just right. saying. <laughs> yeah. But
1: I using the touch screen on both of these, I control I can control the ambient sound. I don't have to remember like, oh, which is it, you know, uh, how do I squeeze it just the right way to do it that which you can. Yeah. I just don't have to remember it. And it's really nice on an airplane when I see the flight attendants coming along. If I've got my airpo my earbuds in, say, you know, my polys or my JBL's, uh, I just tap the button on the thing, and now I'm hearing ambient sound. I can see the battery charge level. I can control the EQ. I can set sleep timers. They, the, the spatial sound on the JBLs is configurable this way. It like so many different features that – and I can control play and pause on the, on the, um, on the cases too – that's nice. I, going between I, both of these fit me better than AirPods. Uh, fit alone is the thing that has me choosing the JBL Tour Pro 2s over the Polys because they just fit my ears better. But really, either one of these is a, a great choice. And I like them both better than my AirPods too. So either mm-hmm. the Poly, you know, the Voyager Free 60 Plus UC or the JBL Tour Pro 2. They uh, they are fantastic little well, things.
0: Let, let me ask you a couple questions. Yeah, then. man. What, um, the, the The sounds are which one sounds better? You're you're an audiophile. I
1: I use the JBLs more than the Polys. Okay. Um, I I don't have a preference of the. I, they they both sound really good. Yeah. I don't. Neither one of them okay. sound. I would not choose one over the other for sound. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And right. but I would choose them both over AirPods for sound.
0: Yeah, and then yeah. okay, interesting, very good. All right, yeah. and then what? What was the price on each of them again? Yeah, because that looks like some serious coin there. Yeah, fifty and two ninety five. Okay. Two
1: fifty for the JBLs, two ninety five for the
0: Polys. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So okay, interesting. Um, yeah. So I, I would sound, uh, at any uh, price,
1: and and I, I you know I should just be clear in case it wasn't obvious. I, I received both of these as review units, so I paid I paid the same price for both of them. Um, I, I would choose the JBLs over the polys, but again, it's just about how they fit in my ears, but they both, if I had never tried the JBLs, I probably wouldn't think to try anything other than the polys. They fit my ears well. They're they're better than than the AirPods, sure. so nice. yeah. But I, like I say I they must have like lost my review
0: m- units in the mail. That's but, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll get here next That's week. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting uh, on that feature. I just want to mention that for the first time, I tried the auto voice detect in my AirPods last yeah. night. We were standing outside the airplane. We they were loading the airplane, and sure. and we try to stay out of the pilot's way because the only jump seats are in the flight deck with the pilots on the particular airplane I was riding on. So we stand outside on the top of the stairs. Waiting for the load of the airplane. And boy, is it loud out there. The The elevator that loads these 15,000 pound sure. cans t- is a loud diesel engine and it screams. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put my AirPods in so that th- I use them as noise cancellation, which Absolutely. really works great. Until you're trying to have a conversation with somebody. And as soon as you start talking, all that noise gets amplified right That's through right. to your ears. It's That's like, right. Ah! So. Yep. Doesn't work in a loud environment when you're trying to have a conversation. I get what they're doing if you're listening to music and enjoying your own little world and then you need to talk to somebody. it, It is a nice feature. When you're trying to use them as... Earplugs, and, and that's not their intended purpose. I get it. Yep. But when you're trying to use the noise cancellation to protect your ears from noise, that that ain't the way to go.
1: You got to turn off the voice part that lets but the, the, the voice auto in. detection. Yeah. yeah. You just I, and turn I've, it off. Se- I've seen people at concerts this summer using their AirPods as 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 earplugs. And I mean, just like you did, you know, it I mean it works. I do it
0: all the time. Yeah. You'll notice at the hockey game I wear. Yeah. Interesting. Because for two reasons. One, I listen to the uh to the radio feed, which so comes in about announcers. ninety seconds later. Okay. Yeah, what was that penalty? I missed that. Yeah. You know, sort of, so I get that. Yep. But the other advantage is is they're noise canceling. Mm. So I hear the noise.
1: What what um what app do you use to listen to the, the radio I Heart radio? iHeartRadio. You use iHeartRadio. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And they,
0: there's a local broadcast for the yeah. UNH hockey games. Yeah. I get it there.
1: That's a really smart thing to do. I I mean, I, I, all, I as a kid, I remember going with my dad and my grandmother to see baseball games. And yeah. there would be people that would bring their little AM radios and they wouldn't even have headphones. They would just yeah. keep them relatively quiet. <laughs> but, but I always appreciated it. it was like, oh, I get to hear like the calls that you, you know, far less talking happens in the stadium or arena or rink than does on the radio. Cause on the radio, right. you presumably not also watching. Right. So yeah, that's interesting. Huh? Huh?
0: Yeah.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Cool. So yeah, thank you folks. Thanks for hanging out with us. It has been, uh, it has been an absolute blast. Is the band lost? The or band's the band, not Dave? lost. No, uh, I, the, the sound thing that happened before, um, I w- wound up connecting twice to StreamYard. I saw that. Yeah. Well, but I didn't know it because my window, I'm still on Monterey oh. on this machine, and it has that problem where sometimes when you click, it brings another window to the bottom of the screen or something. And so I didn't think I was connected to StreamYard, but I could still hear you. And yeah. it's like, what is going on? So then I started reconnecting to Streamyard, and that's when I showed up twice, and it muted me, and all that fun stuff. So
0: yeah, yeah, because it was funny, and that's where you heard me, yeah. you know, talking to hear myself talk, and mention the word vamping and all that mm-hmm. stuff, folks. And I'm looking at two Daves at the bottom of the screen and going, oh, where'd he go? And his other brother Dave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's a show title for you. There you, you go. It's Dave and his other brother Dave. Yeah.
1: So yeah, so. that I that's all that happened. Once I realized that it, it was like, oh, I know what to do. All right, great. Fun stuff. Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. Thanks for checking out uh, all our sponsors at MacGeekUp.com slash sponsors. And then, of course, FastMail.com slash MGG. Today, thanks to Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. Thanks to all of you for sending in all of your tips and questions and cool stuff found. It makes what we do so much fun because it means we really do get to learn five new things along with you, and that keeps me excited about it. It keeps us excited about it. It's, it's amazing. So, thank you for hanging out with us. Here we are into quadruple digits. I've been trying to decide if we're supposed to put a comma now. Are, are we part of the comma club because we're we're in uh, the four no. digit? Ch- I don't yeah, know. Right? I, don't, kind of, I don't know what to do. I don't know, Pete. As I'm cogitating about this, do you have any advice for me?
0: I do. I got new shirts. For us, And right on the shirt That advice is printed For the world to see That's a T there Not an F Don't gif No Don't get caught Maidon